0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we spoke to Sanya Mistry Kuya from Apex Logistics. We chatted about her long standing HR career, her passion for people, and the future of business. It was a great Woman in Supply Chain episode, and I love doing this series. So don't forget to check it out. If you missed it, head on over to letstalksupplychain.com under podcasts or under our Woman in Supply Chain page. SQA believes that quality is getting what you paid for. Quality is spectacular, iconic, heroic, patient safety, safe flights, and astronauts to space Quality is worldwide. SQA has a global footprint that supports complex and highly regulated supply chains. The partnerships SQA has created over 25 years have benefited through integrated strategies where SQA is able to support clients on an annual basis. Each year, SQA works with its client partners and their suppliers in over 70 countries, deploying a robust network of over 1,000 associates. SQA understands the complexity and challenges within a global supply chain and our clients have seen that the results from SQA exceed their internal efficiencies. Annually, SQA performs 3,000 audits, 150,000 hours of component inspections, and 35,000 hours of engineering supplier development. Quality is what you put into it and how great you want it to be. For over 25 years, SQA has been a leader in assessing, monitoring, and improving supply chain performance. Quality is SQA, so come and join us. You can visit us at sqaservices.com. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week, Blended Episode 3, The Gender Equation, is releasing on Wednesday, so don't miss out on that one. It is a great discussion. Today, I'm joined by a company that really excites me because it shares so many of my own values. On a mission to save money, save time, and ship responsibly, its digital freight network has quickly won both accolades and its customers' loyalty. Do you know who it is? Find out after the question of the week. So the question of the week was, if you could change one thing for supply chains in 2021, what would that be? We had a lot of great comments here. Susan Walsh, I'd like to see more equality and respect for everyone in general. Uh, Larry Lung, more women in supply chain roles. And uh, Tim Ingram, I would hope to change how some want others' attitudes to change versus their own personal growth is much more rewarding. Ian Campbell McKenna, great question. I would say more ethical and sustainable supply chains and closing the gender pay gap at the C level. Prakash, a platform for those aspiring to move up the career ladder, the support and mentoring to be able to reach those milestones. Audrey Ross, that process or step or resource that is used because we have always done it that way Let it go. Say bye-bye. Leave it in 2020. With all seriousness, working conditions need to be improved across the market. Felix David said, let's try not to say bye-bye to anything and the least is people. Companies will tell a lot of good stories after the pandemic and something that it'll be remembered is the attitude uh, towards their people. Attila, more proactivity rather than reactivity. Uh, Davin, communication, communication, communication. Blythe, would love to see a central location for goods and their supply chain. Schneeha, I'm super late to the party, great comments here. I definitely would would like to see supply chain becoming centric to business strategies. Jill Button, buyer and supplier collaboration and innovation. Lee Wang, reducing working capital. Javier, increase the level of consciousness about SNOP process on organizations as a means to adjust their supply chains to demand, to the demand size predictions in a more scientific way. Tanya Lamb, ethical supply chains. Thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. Remember, we ask that question every single Wednesday morning on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So now back to today's podcast, and the company I'm talking to today is Convoy. Founded in 2015, Convoy started a movement in efficient freight through their customer-centric approach, ethical commitment, and unique technology that creates smarter ways to connect shippers with carriers. They're helping to solve problems, reduce waste, and create a better future. Today, I'll be talking to Lauren Seeks to find out a bit more about the Convoy Network and how it's utilizing machine learning to solve the challenge of quality and compliance for small and mid-market shippers. Let's learn a little bit more about Lauren. Lauren developed a passion for logistics as a captain in the US Army Transportation Corps and never looked back. He has spent his career engaged in various logistics and supply chain focused roles, for both carriers and shippers to include leading the North American Transportation Operations Team at Starbucks. Lauren holds an MBA and a Master's in Supply Chain Transportation and Logistics from the University of Washington, where he sits on the advisory board of the Supply Chain Transportation and Logistics Center. He was among the founding team members at Convoy and currently leads the performance, safety, and risk functions as the Director of Quality and Compliance. So welcome to the show, Lauren.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here.
0: I am excited to have you here on the show. You know, there's a lot of things about Convoy that have really piqued my interest. So let's just dive in from here. So can we start by delving into your background a little bit? Because you have quite a fascinating story and career history.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, I think for me, it really started in the the military uh, after college, I got my commission as an officer in the Army Transportation Corps and fell in love with it. I think it was the, the problem solving aspect of logistics. Um, in the Army, you really get to get your, your hands dirty. It's not just theoretical or academic, um, you know back office stuff. It's, it, there is that piece of it, um, you know, calculating fuel consumption for a convoy or mapping a route, but there's also um, being out in the field, um, and solving problems in sort of difficult and ambiguous situations. And I really loved that. And I decided to make it a career. Um, I was in the, the military for nine years total doing that. Um, I think piece of that was in the reserves. So I got to wear both hats, sort of military and civilian. Um, and along the way, uh, on the the civilian side, I have had lots of different experiences within supply chain and logistics and transportation from Working for an overseas container shipping company, doing logistics for them, um, Horizon Lines. It, w- it was quite a number of years ago, and then um, you know, running a warehouse, uh, a delivery fleet, leading a fulfillment operation, um, doing supply chain operations for for a coffee roaster. Um, I prior to to Convoy, I was at Starbucks, and I had a, several different roles there, leading carrier relations. Um, I when I was there before I went to Convoy, I guess the last role I was in, it was leading their uh, North American operations team uh, in transportation. And along the way, I, I as I was growing as a supply chain professional, I really felt like I needed to enhance my education in that area because my undergrad was in history. And so I ended up going back um, for a master's, a dual master's at University of Washington. Um, I got my MBA and uh, a master's of supply chain, transportation, and logistics, and I actually sit on the board of that uh, the research center for the the supply chain, transportation, and logistics um, center, um, which has been a, a really rewarding and, and great to give back to that program. And then about five and a half years ago, um, Dan Lewis, who was our CEO, reached out and wanted to talk about this idea he had, and I, I had coffee with him, and. Right from the get-go, I was incredibly interested. I think, one, he's really engaging and visionary. And and, I, and two, I think his his idea that he had, having been in transportation logistics for my whole career, was really captivating to me. And I felt like um, after having lots of discussions with my wife, um, it, which was difficult because we were about a month away from having our first child, um, I decided to to make this leap, and and, and it was a risk at the time going to to Convoy before they had any customers or any trucks or were doing any, you know, I hadn't done any shipments yet, and it's just been a really incredible journey. Um, I lead the quality and compliance and risk functions there now, Um, and for the first sort of year and a half, I I did everything. I think I've done almost every operations-type job you can imagine at Convoy, Um, so it's it's been a really wonderful journey.
0: Amazing. I love that story. And I love that you went into depth of, you know, what the different roles were that you played within your supply chain career. I love that you are now giving back, right, to the the logistics and the supply chain community through the University of Washington and really talk about how it was a risky move to go to Convoy, but it was something that you believed in so strongly And you had the support of the people around you to be able to take that risk and um, look at where you guys are now. And one of the things that I want to point out to the audience is that you're one of the founding team members of Convoy um, because you started out so early and you did believe in that vision. So before we go any further, can you tell us a little bit about what Convoy does and how it works?
1: Absolutely. Um, So Convoy is what I would call the nation's most efficient digital freight network. And a lot of people hear that term and think, "What the heck is a digital freight network?" Um, well, it's I will tell you, it's a company that uses um, machine learning and automation to efficiently match drivers, you know motor carriers, and shippers, and really give both sides of the marketplace the tools and transparency they need to be effective. So in other words, you know we're moving thousands of truckloads around the country every day through our optimized connected network of carriers. and what that does is it saves money for shippers. It increases earnings for drivers, and something that's near and dear to my heart, it eliminates carbon waste for our planet. Um, We're simplifying access to this network through TMS integrations, other managed services, as well as the Convoy shipper platform. And that's something that allows businesses to quote, book, and track shipments on demand.
0: Amazing. I love that. And I think we're going to get into carbon waste a little bit later because obviously that's a huge, huge topic right now. Sustainability, carbon footprint, and the fact that you were thinking about this when you started or when Convoy was started um, is just a huge kudos to who you guys are as a company and a team and what you really put forward. Thanks. So you currently lead the performance, safety, and risk functions as the director of quality and compliance. So I imagine that you've had quite the year this year, but, you know, I'm going to put COVID aside to one moment because compliance is a big and complex beast, um, just as it is. So can you give us a rundown of the kinds of things that companies, especially small to mid-sized shippers, um, you know, because I think that's where both of their, you know, our passions lie. Uh, I'm really passionate about mid-market importers and exporters as well, you know, and what do they need to be thinking about when it comes to compliance?
1: Absolutely. That's a really great question. And I think um, it's an interesting one because a lot of folks uh, don't think about this stuff. And I think it's important for if you're a supply chain professional to, to really have a, a, a deep understanding of this. Um, and it should be part of everybody's considerations when they're running, um, that part of the business. So yeah. I, I think, you know, at a high level shippers of any size, really, they're facing legal financial service and reputational risks. And that's every time they ship freight. And so I, I'll, I'll sort of talk through those to give, um, a sense for each each one of those buckets and kind of how small and mid-sized shippers should be thinking about this. Um, with legal risks, I think we've really seen a trend in the courts over the last 10 or 15 years of uh, it's getting more litigious. And we're seeing parties other than the underlying motor carrier, typically those with deeper pockets that, you know, includes shippers and intermediaries being held liable for the actions of the motor carrier. And people think, well, how is that possible? Because the, the, it, it's the, the carrier that's the one out on the road doing the job. Well, really there's a couple of ways um two of the more common ways that shippers can get pulled into lawsuits um where carriers are involved in an accident are something called vicarious liability and that's where a broker or a shipper looks just a little too much like the motor carrier's employer um and then negligent hiring and that's that's where um a broker or a shipper hired a carrier that uh was deemed unfit and that could be due to a lot of reasons authority insurance you know safety safety records, things like that. Um, Then, of course, you know, those legal risks are real and are very daunting. But I think it's the financial implications that are more impactful to to businesses, and especially small and mid-sized businesses. So with accidents where a a party other than the carrier, uh, to include shippers, is pulled into a lawsuit, there's a lot of forms of costs your company can face. And that that includes things like increased insurance costs, which we're definitely seeing going up across the board. defense costs, compensatory payments, that's, you know, basically settlement awards against defendants. And so even if your case is solid, and there is no liability, just the cost to prove that in court can be expensive for an organization. Right. And then, you know, the, the more common one that I think all of us see, and uh, unfortunate, unfortunately, as a part of the industry is cargo claims. Um, and it's something that's absolutely addressable, though. Um, when when a shipper has a high claims incident ratio, that's simply the number of claims submitted over the number of loads completed, or the, the number of claims that you've incurred. Um, that really can have a material impact on transportation costs and overall supply chain costs. And then the other two, uh, service and and reputational risks, are pretty related. So be- beyond that legal and financial risk, I think um, service and reputational risk can also really cost your company money uh through you know top line and bottom line um decrease sales and and increase costs so poor service and this is you know we've talked about the first half was sort of compliance related the second part is 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 a little more quality related but um poor service that i think is most often felt by shippers in the form of things like uh late or missed pickups or deliveries can stem from both. It can stem from compliance issues related to things like truck maintenance, operating authority, insurance issues that a carrier is having. Or it can come from issues related to a carrier's quality. That's like um, how they run their business. Do they fall off loads that they've accepted? um, Are they running late often? Um, And by the way, those two are related. Um, We found, and the data really bears this out, that safer carriers are also typically higher-performing carriers. Um, and intuitively, I'm sure you'll agree that this makes sense. When you run a great business and you're not overbooking yourself and your drivers are showing up on time and you're maintaining your, your trucks, you're also um, typically safer out on the road because you're doing the right things and, and you're training your drivers. Um, service issues produce variability in the supply chain. And I think for a lot of your listeners, that's that's really the enemy of any transportation or supply chain manager, that variability, because the more you need to buffer for that variability through solutions like increasing lead time, um, which can increase time to fulfill orders or increasing safety stock, you know, which increases inventory holding costs, the more your overall supply chain costs increase. And then, you know, poor service to customers certainly can lead to directly measurable costs like fees or chargebacks. But more seriously, when your reputation suffers, this can lead to long-term lost opportunity for future sales um and reputation also impacts public perception of your company so those are those are kind of the four big buckets i think of of risk that i think about and that i think that small and mid-size uh shippers and, and large shippers too really everybody should be thinking about those and have a good understanding of them um, and it can make it, it's pretty hard right now because I think to appropriately vet carriers and manage quality, there's, for a lot of folks, it's, it's you know, there's a lack of resources and technology out there to to do some of those things and to address some of these risks.
0: Absolutely. You covered so much there, and I'm glad that you did. I mean, it's amazing to hear you talk about, you know, the different challenges, but also explain them right because sometimes we get too caught up in you know what the lingo might be and then really forget that maybe the small to mid-sized businesses don't really understand what they mean. So first things first, I'm glad that you were able to explain each area that you were that you were talking about and I think it was interesting with the data as well. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking that if I'm a small and mid-sized business in the audience listening to this podcast you know, I've got so many different things on my plate because I wear a several different hats, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't necessarily have just a logistics part- department, or maybe I only have one other person that's working with me. So, you know, this kind of stuff is really just a challenging area for small and mid-sized businesses. Why is that? I mean, I've just given you one oh. reason why because they're yeah. so busy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I I've I have having having been a on sitting on the other side from where I am today, as a, as a shipper in a small business, uh, before I absolutely <laughs> feel that and understand it, um, you know, I, I think I think that um, there's really let me let me start with uh, the sort of trade-off I think that shippers have to make. They they have this perception, and some of it is based on reality certainly that they they have to make a trade-off between do I hire um, you know I, i'm trying to manage for cost i'm trying to manage for service i'm trying to manage for for safety and compliance i'm trying to do all of these things in my network I need the capacity and so i'm I'm making the trade off between going direct to asset based carriers um, and you know the perception there is that they are going to have uh, there's more reliability uh, because they hire their own drivers and and you know own their own trucks or working you know more often for small and mid-sized businesses with intermediaries because there's flexible access to capacity um but the perception there is that there's it's sort of the wild west they don't know who's going to show up at their their door so that makes it really tough and um you know when you're actually for small and mid-sized businesses trying to manage service safety compliance cost there's so many factors that make this difficult when when you know that trade-off aside i think for one, really big shippers often have the leverage uh, to put pressure on intermediaries around service that smaller companies just don't have. Um, right. And so that, that can be difficult to be in that position where you feel like you don't have a lot of a lot of say, even if the service isn't great, to, to somehow impact the, you know, get better service. Um, you know, s- smaller businesses often don't, and mid-sized businesses don't have that comprehensive rate structure that very large businesses do. Um, and so often have to work more often with intermediaries, bring on new partners, um, and working with a variety of you know, carriers and brokers can really open them up to, to more risk. Um, the, the next one I'm thinking of is one that you, you mentioned in your question, which is transportation managers wear so many hats. And yeah, I think it do. really it's – a, it's a resourcing issue too. So they don't have necessarily all of the processes and structure in place for vetting carriers, managing quality. They don't have a, a large team dedicated to establishing guidelines for mitigating risk or, um, you know, the, even the time to ensure quality and compliance of, of their their partners who they're working with. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 there's like a financial aspect, of course, I think with small and mid-sized businesses, because they have less contractual leverage, there's, you know, potentially, um, you know, paying more in insurance premiums or it's making up a larger percentage of their total cost of of risk that they're financing in their supply chain, the, the financial ramifications can be more impactful. Um, and then there's, you know, the service element. Like it, things happen, at, we, we all know things happen out on the road. A, a tire blows, a snowstorm happens, an appointment changes. And um, those are often the things that people find themselves having to just deal with in the day-to-day. Um, and so all of these other things can be difficult to say the least, I think. So a lot of challenges there for, for small and mid-sized businesses.
0: Yeah, I think I felt some of the audience just cringe when you talked about some, <laughs> <you know>, the <laughs> snowstorm and the tire yes, blowing absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I can say to you that it's nice to hear from experience, right? You've had experience on that side, um, and you know what it's like. And before we get into talking about the solutions, I mean, previously before you were talking about how the responsibility lies with the shipper. But of course, the shipper is also relying on the intermediaries and the brokers to really be their partner and to really work with them. So, you know, obviously we just talked about the many, many risks for shippers. So how are the intermediaries such as brokers addressing quality and compliance today so that we can, you know, kind of put the shippers at ease before we really dive into that solution?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I agree. I mean, it's, it's the You know, shippers are looking to intermediaries, um, whatever you call them, you know, a traditional broker, a a digital broker, a digital freight network like Convoy, to um, provide them, you know, to to help manage that quality and that risk and provide them with access to a trusted network of of carriers. Um, It's, you know, it's, I think it's been challenging, historically obtaining access to, carrier safety data, for instance, has been really difficult uh, for intermediaries, for anybody really, due to a lack of accurate tools and resources. Um, The most widely used information comes from the FMCSA's Carrier Safety and Accountability, or CSA, they call it, program, which um, for those of your listeners who aren't familiar, generates overall ratings of unsatisfactory, conditional, or satisfactory. Um, And then there's some underlying scoring used for that. Many traditional brokers and asset carriers who broker loads often use CSA ratings to determine whether or not a driver is good to haul. But there are a lot of blind spots when it comes to using those ratings. Um, first, the program was not even meant to be used as a mechanism to understand carrier safety and compliance by the private sector. It was really designed solely for enforcement authorities to intervene with very poor performing carriers. Um, and a, a more troubling statistic for for the majority who only use those CSA ratings is that about 95% of carriers nationally are not even rated at all, No, which seems totally crazy. Um, it's, yeah. Your reaction is, is is exactly what I hear from most shippers who, who aren't familiar with that. Um, to get an overall rating, a carrier needs to undergo a full inspection, but the FMC is a FMCSA is not really able to keep up. Well, not, when I say not really, they're not really at all able to keep up with this level of enforcement. Um, they do a full inspection of carriers who have been flagged for some reason. So that means under the current program, typically carriers with a significant amount of safety violations are going to be the some of the only ones qualifying for a full review, which really leaves poor performing companies and those that have received a review at any point in their history, the only chance at obtaining a satisfactory rating. So you have a whole lot of unrated carriers that are often better performing than those with a satisfactory rating. So it can be pretty misleading. Um, and really that limits a lot of visibility into the vast majority of of safety records and prevents an adequate assessment of of, carrier and driver safety during hiring. And as I'm sure you're thinking, leads to a lot of uncertainty for shippers. And I think on the quality side, a lot of traditional brokers um, who who aren't using, when you're talking about working with capacity at scale, accessing thousands, tens of thousands of carriers, it's really Difficult to do that in a silo, and it's difficult to do that if you're an individual broker who's, you know, primarily um, motivated through um, compensation based on margin to make to make the right subjective decisions about using a carrier or not when you just cover a load for a good margin, but that carrier hasn't been performing so well lately, or it hasn't been quite as safe lately. But you know, I, I think that's where using data. And taking away that sort of human bias and error is really um is really important for those who are going in that direction so i now I'm starting to delve into another topic, but I think that's um you know how like folks folks are addressing quality and compliance today, but it's it's definitely challenging traditionally for them to do that
0: well, and I just think of all of the capacity issues over the last six months as well, right you know. Is is it you know to get your product to the customer as fast as you possibly can, or is it quality and compliance? And it needs to be quality and compliance, but with all of the capacity issues that have been going on in the last six months, you know, for shippers really needing to get that product there, you know, it's it's a fine balance. So let's talk about that solution because you're talking about data, we're talking about machine learning. And I know that Convoy helps to solve these issues of quality and compliance, right? So because you have that that machine learning piece to it. So let's talk about that. Why don't you talk about the solution of how Convoy can change that process, change that thinking of what shippers, especially small to mid-market, are going through when they're making those decisions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We knew early on at Convoy that using things like the CSA scores weren't gonna cut it. Um, In order to safely and accurately vet our network, and give shippers access to that great network. We knew we needed to use a much richer set of data. And also, vet carriers not just once, but really every single time they're assigned to a load. And as you can imagine, this gets really complicated really quickly. Uh, there's thousands of data inputs, like speeding violations, inspection outcomes vetted across millions of carrier records. And that means that information is changing all the time. And so you know, not only is identifying the safest carriers a challenge, but being able to constantly monitor compliance with uh, you know with whatever scores that that you're using, and we, we have our own set of scores, is is really a feat that no human can accomplish without a lot of automation technology. And that's where that machine learning piece comes in. We uh, correlate carrier safety events to actual crashes, not perceived crash risk that goes along with assigning general scores or ratings to these events or just being blind to it altogether. Uh, We can process millions of inputs in a very short amount of time, correlate those to crash likelihood, and generate a score for every carrier on an ongoing basis that indicates how safe that carrier actually is. And uh, the really cool thing is the more data we feed the model, the more accurate it becomes. And because it's a learning algorithm, it actually gets better over time. So it drives incremental accuracy for us and better results. By using machine learning, by taking that approach to managing uh, risk and compliance, we've really taken out the the guesswork and the rounded edges and all of those blank spaces uh, from carrier safety assessment. And we've replaced it with very concrete database modeling that's actually correlated to the outcome we're looking for, which, of course, is Mm -hmm. safe carriers with fewer crashes on a, a level that humans simply can't do alone.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I love that. And I I like to hear about that, right? Because traditionally in this industry, we've been very reactive rather than being proactive. And we hear a lot about data. I mean, I'm talking about data all the time because it's just – I mean, data is surpassing um, oil, I think, for our – you know, for the, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's absolutely amazing. And it's going to change industries and it's already, you're already showing at convoy that it's changing our industry and really enabling all of the shippers to be that much more proactive and be able to have, you know, less contingency plans Mm -hmm. and more, um, More just strength in what they're doing and their processes and how they're working with those partners and the carriers and things like that. So what feedback are you getting from SMBs when you're putting these solutions into place? Like, do you see them resisting or do you see any hesitation when it comes to things like machine learning and driver tracking or are companies coming to you with very open minds um, I would assume this year has probably brought more open minds um, but are they open to having a partner that can help them solve those those challenges
1: yeah absolutely and honestly it's 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 from from our shipping customers it's really only been positive feedback um, and the feedback that I hear when I talk to shippers is that we're doing it differently um you know folks really appreciate professionals really appreciate that we're talking about this stuff i mean you know as a shipper i i almost never went into a meeting with a a an intermediary or a carrier where the things they were talking about were um you know managing risk managing quality managing compliance um and we really you know make that a foundation of what we do um machine learning isn't a solution that we've seen implemented by any other intermediary intermediaries, excuse me, in this space. Um, and you know, th- this is all really a lot of what my team does is, is very much behind the scenes. So if we're doing our job correctly, um, they really shouldn't be hearing from us. They should be they should just they should be experiencing access to a network that is professional and safe and performs well and you know they're not gonna see as many problems. And so that's to me, that's when I'm not hearing from shippers, that's a really good thing. Um but when I do talk to them, the the feedback has been very positive.
0: Awesome. I love to hear that. And I think you know, obviously, 2020 has opened minds. Um, it's opened a lot of us up to technology that was potentially on the back burner to bring it to the forefront, because we realized that, you know, we absolutely need these tools to move forward into the future. And so I know that Convoy has invested a lot in quality and compliance. And obviously, it's something that you are very passionate about. So what does that look like for shippers? How is that impacting them specifically?
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, I'll talk about our process first, and, and then we'll talk about how that impacts impacts customers. So we, we really start with the data. And we have our own data on carrier performance, um, and we also get it through integrations with lots of industry-leading third-party monitoring services. We're collecting this from all over the place. Um, we're using machine learning to sift through that large pool of data and generate crash risk scores, um, we're using our, this data to, to assess quality from every carrier on every load. Um, you know, not just this, this stuff isn't just an onboarding. This is ongoing f- for the entire, uh, life cycle of that carrier working with us. And our mat- automation process takes those inputs and those outputs and automates actions from that. That's everything from providing, um, real time actionable scorecards, you know, to carriers, communication to them um education to them but also warnings blocks deactivations from the network really managing that network very actively um and you know so for example if a carrier's safety scores um fell below our threshold uh for a carrier who is trying to take a load our system would automatically would would review that would would see the update automatically would automatically block that carrier from access to the load and um you know it's Because it's a machine learning process and because it's automated and data driven, it it really removes that human bias and error that comes into play in the standard industry vetting processes. And it addresses those gaps in information that occur when the checks are done on a static cadence. Um,
0: That's absolutely huge. I just want to jump in there and really drive that point home, right? Because as humans, we do make mistakes. But if you can take some of that away and you can take away that bias and you're really making data-driven decisions um, to really help your logistics and moving your business forward, I mean, that is huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your question of how this how this sort of shows up for um, shippers or how, how do exp- shippers experience this, um, you know, we, we consider... Quality and compliance in the underlying framework that ensures we're able to match shipments with the best suited drivers to create a a really seamless experience from pickup to delivery. And this process is applied to all of our carriers in the network. And so, no matter whether you're a a small business, a medium-sized business, you're getting the access to the exact same network and process and tools that we use for the big shippers that work with our network. Um, There's a whole host of TMS integrations and managed services, but you know, for small and mid-sized businesses specifically, I want to call out the the Convoy Shipper platform. The businesses can sign up really quickly, quote book track shipments on demand. Um, you know, any driver booked online has gone through this rigorous machine learning enabled vetting that I've discussed. So they're getting access to that really high quality network. And, um, you know, tangibly, some of the, the benefits when we look across all carriers nationally and assess them using this machine learning carrier crash risk model that we developed carriers who are eligible to haul loads for convoy and who onboard with convoy are an accident, 16% less often than the rest of the mm-hmm. industry. Um, that's a, wow. that's a huge difference. Um, and you know, I, I think what the other piece they'll experience the sort of the, that's the input, the output to that is that, um, we see a claims incident ratio. That's again, the, the number of claims to, um, number of loads we haul, that's about 20 times lower than the industry average. It's it's a really, you know, or massive. It's an order orders of magnitude difference from what most folks are used to experiencing, and so the this it really shows the the efficacy of this approach, you know, of, of not of, of removing that human bias and error and really um, using the data in a smart way to help us make decisions in real time and manage quality for our shippers and manage risk and safety for our shippers. Um, and you know I, I think that really brings a lot of peace of mind to shippers when they're they're booking and it, it streamlines their experience, and they know that when they're um, accessing that network through convoy, that because they're so resource constrained, they don't have to spend all of that time doing the vetting and the managing quality because all of that's happening behind the scenes uh, when they're booking with us.
0: Absolutely. And those are huge numbers. But the other thing that I liked that you said that really is having, I would assume is having an impact on the small to medium sized businesses is leveling the playing field, right? Because they're getting access to um, be able to move their goods at the same pace as somebody who is larger than them. And so I think that that would probably one of be, would be one of the most impactful pieces. Now, we're coming to one of my favorite parts of the discussion because I want you to paint me a picture. Paint us a picture of how Envoy has helped a client in those important areas of quality and compliance. I'm sure you have tons and tons of stories, but I'd really like you to just pick one and walk us through what that looked like for them.
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, for this one, as I said... Most of our most of what I do and what my team does what we do at convoy in terms of quality and appliance is very much um one it applies to everybody so it's so it's uh, you know whether you're a a small business a a medium sized business a large business um it doesn't matter you're you're getting uh access to the exact same high quality network um that the very large ones are and so that's really showing up for them in their overall experience every day um the it's 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 hard to pick out one and there's a few that i that i won't mention um by name because i think we've really you know on on the compliance side for instance we've worked with shippers who and the reason i won't mention them is because we've seen we've seen issues where shippers have said hey we're having problems with um with theft you know, out of this facility, and there's one that's in Southern California, that's that's in a fairly notorious region. And we were able to, um, you know, through combined efforts of looking at the process, working with our partners, um, using the quality data we have on carriers, using the compliance data and the fraud checks we do automatically on carriers, help them drastically reduce the number of thefts. And this wasn't just something that you know they were experiencing with convoy loads, this was them coming to us and saying, hey, we're it's we're experiencing problems with uh with theft in our shipments out of this facility uh across the board. And like how can you come to us with solutions? And we were able to come with solutions. We said, hey, let's look at, you know, how the type of carriers we're assigning, are they using the app for tracking? What are their safety scores? How are we setting even you know to the to the level of how are we setting appointments? And can we get rid of we found that, for instance, in this facility, excess transit was causing a problem because these these carriers were having to sit in certain facilities and in certain rest stops um, too long. And so, by by eliminating some of that and working with a shipper, um, we were able to cut by about 90% um, the, wow. the 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 number of thefts out of this facility, which which has been really incredible uh, to see us be able to do that with a, a shipper. And this was, you know, a, a really specific problem. And the, the reason I'm, this one came to mind when you asked that was because this was fairly recent, really specific problem for one of our shippers. Um, and it's fun to be able to actually step in and say, let's work together. And, and I think we can help you with this because we have a really great process. And we have access to really good data. And I think we can use this data and, and you know are our really, our really smart data scientists to find patterns and trends and see if we can do something to address this. And so you know, on the one hand, I think what we're doing sort of applies to to all shippers across the board because they're getting access to this really high quality network of trusted carriers who are going to perform well. Um, so that's you know that case study applies to basically everybody in our network. But at the individual level, when it comes to it, I think we're able to to be a great partner and provide very actionable um, results when somebody says, "Hey, you know, we've got an issue here. We want to partner." And, and, You know, we were able to to leverage our experience and our technology to help them do that.
0: Yeah. And that's the true heart of collaboration. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. So now we're winding down the conversation. I think you and I can talk for hours. I love talking to you. I I could literally talk about this
1: stuff for hours on end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I love what you guys are doing at Convoy. I love talking about quality and compliance because it is so important. It's not something that we hear a lot about. And I know that it's something that obviously, Supply chain professionals, shippers are struggling with as well, and so I hope that through this conversation and what we've done in this episode, that we've really been able to change that for them and change the mindset around it.
1: Absolutely. So finally,
0: then, what does the future hold for quality and compliance in trucking and at Convoy specifically?
1: Yeah, um, that's that's a great great question. Um, you know, we're really pioneering a, a new approach to this. Nobody's Uh, really been doing this at the level that we're, we're doing. And I think while the approach we're taking of using machine learning and automation and data is best practice. Now, I really anticipate that um, these things, you know, using data and machine learning and automation to manage compliance and quality will become um, sort of the standard it's going to be expected in the future by shippers of intermediaries they work with Um, And so, for folks that aren't thinking about this or aren't taking that approach now, it's certainly something that people should be thinking about. Um, You know, I I don't foresee any, unfortunately, usable or effective assessment tools coming out of the FMCSA anytime in the near future. So, businesses are really left to their own devices. And it means that shippers need to choose intermediary partners if they're working with intermediaries who. are are thinking about this stuff and and using these types of approaches. Um, You know, with the trend we're seeing in trucking litigation, managing risk and compliance is going to become more and more important for sort of every party involved. And shippers should have high high expectations for the brokers and digital freight networks they work with. Um, You know, Insurance brokers are feeling the squeeze. Rates are increasing on both sides of the marketplace. Definitely we're hearing a lot about it on the carrier side, but it's also happening for shippers too. So managing your loss run by working with higher quality, safer carriers can really dampen that annual insurance increase for shippers. Um, On the quality front, Convoy is getting more and more sophisticated. And I think shippers are going to experience higher levels of service through these innovations we just continue to make and uh, you know, have been making and will continue to make um, things that are, are, you know, we've recently rolled out are uh, much more nuanced quality assessments, like using severity. So, for instance, you know, I think traditionally folks have just said you're late or you're not late, and it's binary. But we know that for a shipper, um, there's a difference between being 10 minutes late and being three hours late in your ability to manage, uh, you know, your 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 facility your labor, your dock spaces. Um, you know, We're also looking at using more sophisticated matching algorithms to, to use quality and safety more and more. We, we do this today, but we, we're, we're making it a, a larger part of how we choose which carrier will be assigned to a load. I think that's really important. So using data to help us make better decisions about the types of carriers we're, we're assigning is really important. Um, and then something I hope that everybody does is, is and that we're trying to do is give better tools to carriers to manage their quality, their performance, um, and really give them real time actionable feedback so that they can work with us. Um, and, and be, you know, it can be more of a collaborative relationship. It doesn't have to be, um, as much tension, I think, as we see a lot, a lot of times it it can be, you know, let's, let's work together. Let's help each other be better for our customers and for shippers. And I think that's something that that's definitely an approach we, uh, Hold you know near and dear to to view the carrier in in that way as somebody we can work with and collaborate with um, to to do better business with. Um, so those are some of the things I think that the future holds for us and for for trucking in this in this space certainly kind of this this niche space of of quality and compliance.
0: I would absolutely agree, and I cannot wait to see what you guys do next. So that was such a fascinating discussion. I'm really interested. Um, again, to see what happens, you know, for you, the team at Convoy, because with a focus on quality and putting customers first, I'm sure that you are going to be at the forefront of our industry. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is convoy.com, if you'd like to find out more. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me on the show today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Sarah. It was really a pleasure. I I love talking about this stuff, and I hope your your listeners found it valuable to them and, and interesting.
0: If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest and you can actually filter through our category button if you are looking for an episode on a specific topic. Don't forget to come back next week as we are winding down 2020. Wes from Logistics Titans is back. That was one of our most listened to episodes. I know you love Wes, so don't forget to tune in next week. If you enjoy our podcast, there are a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and you can scri- subscribe to our newsletter over at Letstalksupplychain.com. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel called Let's Talk Supply Chain as well. Visit ships.com and sign up. We are in full beta. And if you are a forwarder or shipper that wants to streamline the pricing of your air freight and ocean freight shipments, gain access to more choice worldwide and utilize the best of data to reduce shipping risks, then you won't want to miss out on our platform. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive Supply Chain Dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And would you like to be featured on an upcoming episode? Well, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show, and I will feature your review on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.